everybody, and welcome to Returning to Tradition. My name is Chris Dixon, a seminarian of the Dice. It's Columbus, joined with... Your better host, Emma Singletary, average student from the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> Today we're talking about Easter, so uh, but not just normal Easter. Not just normal Easter. So a few weekends ago, we had Easter in our friend the Catholic Church, and last weekend, by the time you're listening to this, two weekends ago was Orthodox Easter. Um, our friends in the East celebrated their version of Easter. Emma and I went to both of them. We went to Easter Vigil at a Roman Catholic Church, and we went to Pascha at an Antiochian Orthodox church, both here in Norman. So um, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, it was quite the once-in-a-lifetime experience. As in, I might only need to experience it once. I'm joking. It was actually really amazing and super cool to experience. But my first question, why are the Easter's a week apart? Because I know the Catholic Church and most Christian faiths use the whole spring equinox division, whatever, sun thing. Yeah. What is... Pasqua using. Okay, so they use the same thing. Uh, they they get a different wrong. date. No, no, no. So, <laughs> um, so the Easter falls on the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Which is after the third bajillion night of yeah, the right? Earth. <laughs> like, so, uh, so it's a lunar solar thing and then Sunday because why not? Um, so that's how that works. Um, but back in the olden days, before they knew how the world worked exactly, they had a different calendar called the Julian calendar. Today we use the Gregorian calendar. So in the West, where we use the Gregorian calendar, Easter falls on the one week after the et cetera, et cetera, like I just said, or the Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Whereas in the East, it happens the same time, but in the Julian calendar, spring equinox, not our spring equinox. What so like, is a spring equinox? This, when in the spring, the, the day is 12 hours long, like sunlight time and 12 hours long. Well, then how can it be different in a different calendar if it has to do with sunlight? Because they kept it. From the old calendar. Oh, so however many years ago, it was 12 hours that day. Yeah, kind of. Okay. So, um, yeah, different calendars is the reason. Uh, you could write a paper on this. So, <laughs> In fact, Chris have probably has. Chris is not, although my professor wants me to finish writing my honors thesis by talking about it. And I really don't want to, so I'm probably not going to. Um, Wait, by talking about it? Writing about it. Oh, writing about Pasqua? Writing about the Easter calculation date difference or whatever. Yeah. Sick. So. Um, but he's not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Next question. Um. Well, okay, so or let's comment just. comment or. <laughs> we'll just kind of like, I'm going to give you um the spiel from like a complete, like, what's the word? unexperienced naive yeah, so, like, point walk of view. Us through. Yeah, I'm going to walk you through and then Chris can walk you through like what actually happened. Do you want to start with the Catholics? Oh yeah, I guess so. Yeah, okay. Um so this actually was my first ever Easter vigil 
even in the Catholic Church, um, which is actually really, really cool. I have a lot of kids in my family, so none of my siblings... Emma doesn't have a lot of kids. I don't have a lot of kids. clarify. I have a lot of siblings, (laughs) and they weren't really able to stay up. So this was actually the first year that I went, um, and I went to STM. One of our friends was getting confirmed. Go Nick Hawk. Um, But so I experienced it for the first time. One, caffeinate yourself. That's all I have to say. Um, But it was actually really, really cool. Um, We started, so you start outside the church, and the um, priest blesses the fire, and the Easter candle is lit, and then that fire spreads throughout to everyone's candles within the church. Um, And then you do a bunch of readings, um, which I actually, so I have like my Every Sacred Sunday book, mm-hmm. um, and I had it, but it was like in my bag under, and after the first reading, I was like, oh, it's not worth it, like to like hassle and get it out, like we're going to, it's going to be done, and then there was another reading, and then there was another reading, <laughs> and then there was another, and I was like, I'm really regretting not taking out my Every Sacred Sunday book, because I read scripture better hearing it and seeing it, but anyways, fun facts, it has nothing to do with anything, but then you have like, all that good stuff in liturgy, and then you have, like, the rite of initiation, and it was, like, baptism, then confirmation, and then we had the Eucharistic prayer, and then we had everyone's first communion, and, like, the whole church gets communion. And then that's the end. All right. Let's do Orthodox. <laughs> I'm like, I really hope that I was got good. I was like, I mean, I really hope I got that right, considering that's the one I'm comfortable with. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be bad. Um, now the Orthodox. Um... Side note, it was thunderstorming and possibly tornadoing when this was happening. And I keep on texting Chris, are we still going? Are we still going? Are we still going? To clarify, the tornadoes <laughs> moved through two hours before the liturgy And Chris started. knew this because he was chasing the said tornadoes. Chris was chasing um, anyways, Not affiliated with the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> anyways... So I didn't actually think we were going to go until like it was like ten minutes, fifteen minutes before Chris was coming to get me. Because Emma thought they would cancel <laughs> Easter cancel, for the which, tornadoes that already went through the area. We will explain why they would never do that later in this podcast. But I was like, <laughs> oh, they're gonna cancel it. So I just never got ready. And then it was like fifteen minutes, and Chris was like, okay, be ready because I'm always late. And I was like, oh, shoot. Like, my hair is wet because I was outside in the rain. I guess I should put on a dress right now. And I got ready in, like, seven minutes. So kind of impressive. Kind of impressive. she waited. Yeah. The I liturgy did. itself. Now back to the liturgy itself. We show up, um, and it's this church. It's actually really beautiful. It's smaller in size, but very beautiful, very comfy chairs. Although we did not get to utilize them at all. Um, So we get in and like kind of something like Chris had kind of prefaced before was like, if you get there 30 minutes early, you're going to be the only ones there because people don't show up until like right before the liturgy because it's super long. We were probably like seven minutes early, 10 minutes early. And there were like maybe 10 people there. Like we had the entire road to ourselves. So it was really cool. Um, just to kind of like look around at the okay. church. More accurately, we took up the whole row. Oh, we took up the whole row. We we had seven Catholics, six or seven Catholics there with us. So Squat we took up, up the whole <laughs> row. Uh, to give you the size of how small it is. 
yeah. the row with six people. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're not like giant people. So it's like, <laughs> anyways. Um, so yeah. Um, then the liturgy started, um, and it was very similar to like how it is in the Catholic church where it kind of starts in darkness. Um, and I don't know what it is like normally, um, because it was raining. We did not process outside the church. I don't know what would that would have been at the beginning. So, so remember the part where, so at the beginning, there's a whole bunch of Psalms and we're standing for like an hour. Um, and then... After that is when that would have happened. We when we went up and lit our candles from his yeah. big candle is when you would have. Then he went out the back mm-hmm. to like the vestibule area of the church. Yeah. Then everybody would have followed him. Oh, okay. And then we would have went in a circle around the church and waited at the main doors of the church. But that didn't happen because it was raining. So basically, we get in and they start doing like hymns and stuff, and we're standing. Um, this is a, just preface, this is three hours of 98% standing, just putting that out there. I did not wear the right shoes. My back was hurting. Anyways, honestly, music was pretty beautiful. I really liked the girl singer. The other ones didn't really like that much, but it was very cool because it was very different from like Catholic hymns. So I thought it was really pretty. It kind of like almost like with the words told the story of Easter and like the passion. Kind of, kind of like the readings at our Catholic mass. It's like, it's like, whoa. Yeah. So it was basically like <laughs> the equivalence of like how the Catholic mass starts with like a reading a psalm, a reading a psalm, a reading a psalm. They just had like singing. Yeah, a whole bunch of psalms. Um, and we were standing for the whole thing, but it was really beautiful. Um, let me let me defend myself. I told you we would be standing the whole time. Uh, yeah, but it's like when your mom tells you to wear a jacket and you don't. You're like, oh, I'll be fine. And then you're not. Uh-oh. What was I supposed to wear? Like tennis shoes? I was wearing a dress. I wore my comfiest, nice shoes. That's that's appropriate. Comfiest, nice shoes, I think. That's, they were still painful. You need more comfy, nice <laughs> shoes then. Anyways, pick better shoes, Emma. Note for next time. Um... So, yeah, that was really cool. And kind of, like, during that time, I just kind of took that time while listening, obviously, to just kind of look around me. And the church is really beautiful. It was filled with a lot of imagery that you would see in a Catholic church, but more, like, in a Catholic church, you see, like, a bunch of different styles of images, where in this church, it was a lot of, like, the same style, which I thought was very interesting. Kind of, like, they have their tradition, they kind of, like, stick to it. So it was very, it was very interesting, very cool, Um, just, like, premise of like how the church is set up you have like the congregation area right so like there's not pews but rows of chairs rows of chairs the equivalence of a pew that some orthodox churches have no chairs so just getting that out there i'm as thankful we have god bless them um (laughs) seriously (laughs) Um, so you have, like, that area, and then they have, like, a little choir area off to the side on one of the sides of the church, and then the front area is, like, what you would, when you're walking up to the altar, kind of, like, the area on the outside before all the important stuff, like, the altar and ambo, like, it was just, like, you would, lots of images and flowers, and then, like, there's this wall with four important doors and two not important doors. Right? 
three important doors and two not important doors. Although the one was a double door, so I feel like that kind of counts as four doors. Yeah, if you tell an Orthodox person that it's four doors, you're going to get laughed at. Um, (laughs) Anywho, then behind those doors is like the sanctuary, is what I would describe it as. Is like there's an altar in there, Mm -hmm. and that's where like the Eucharistic prayer is said. Um, And in between the door and the area, there's a veil that was covering it for the psalm part. But then the lights come on and like it came, it opened up when the lights came on, right? I believe so. No, they had it open the whole time. Nuh-uh. The only time it really shut is in the middle of the Eucharistic prayer. Okay. Well, it was shut before we got there. Uh, <laughs> also shut before before the liturgy started. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, anyways, so then you do all that, and then you have these candles. Candles ended up being a problem for me. I almost lit myself on fire a couple times because I kept on forgetting I was holding it because um, I was in pain. Um, anyways, so we have these candles, and he lights this candle his candle the big candle and then lights the other guy's candle they like went out in the back right Mm -hmm. and like did something and then there were some candles out there that needed lit okay so he lit the candles in the back and then came to the front and kind of like communion style everyone like came up from their rows and lit their little baby candle with his big candle very similar to the catholic church how we take the fire from the easter candle so, kind of cool. little correlation there. Um, and then from that point on, we're holding this candle. Um, the candle is, like, the size of my hand. I think it's pretty accurate. Yeah. And by the end, it was probably the size of, like, my thumb. <laughs> like, it burned quite a bit. It was three hours. So It yeah. was three hours. Um, and so, yeah, do you have any corrections to make over that part yeah. of the liturgy. So, so let's talk about the church architecture. You did a pretty good job describing the church for not knowing what things are called. Um, oh, they so, also had really cool chandeliers with pictures on them. Uh, to, to put some more descriptive terms to use here. Um, yeah, so there's the three doors, the great door in the middle, uh, the two side doors, uh, the great door only entered through by the priest and then veiled by in this case, a red uh, veil. I, I think almost all of them are red from what I've been to, but, you know, I don't think it matters. Um, I could be wrong, though. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, there's the three doors, and those three doors are along a uh, a screen of icons uh, is the name for those images that Emma was referring to, uh, and that screen or wall is referred to as an iconostasis. Um, And we had a similar thing in the Roman Catholic Church for quite some time called a rude screen. Uh, And and that is no longer really in use, uh, kind of reduced to the communion rail by the time you get to just before Vatican II. And now we just have no remnant of that whatsoever. Um, It's all about bringing the church to the people. Kind of a but I honestly, like, as, like, okay, I think it was very cool to see, like, the reverence that they have. Like, that was something, when we get into the communion part, like, the Eucharistic part of the liturgy, also not called a mass, called a divine liturgy. Made that mistake a couple times. But 
something that I thought was really cool was the reverence that they had where it was like if you had not gone to confession before like within like I mean the paper made it sound like within like the day (laughs) I mean it kind of did okay did you read it yeah did you think it was like I mean it was like pretty well it's it's similar to the wording that we should be using no but like that's where I'm Uh, that's where I'm putting it is like the amount of (laughs) reverence that they had for the Eucharist and that goes to show just in the architecture of like kind of how there is that room where just like the priests and the people like helping with the liturgy were like just shows like the reverence that that church has and like the reverence that we need to return to because it was like you would see in the communion lines i would probably say half the people received communion and like seeing that i was like whoa and like at first i was like oh i guess we're not the only ones who aren't actually orthodox and then i read it and i was like no it's because they're taking the eucharist so seriously which is so amazing yeah, that opens your eyes especially and beautiful like, if mm-hmm. you're from like a parish where i'm from and everybody receives you it would be weird if you didn't like yeah so like there it's kind of normal to not and like, it's like beautiful that like yeah. I, I just i just that was really awesome but like even in the architecture is like what i was saying is like personally I do like the way the Catholic Church is now where we can, like, be a part of the liturgy, where we can, like, see it. But I almost think that, like, because of that, we lost some of the reverence. And I don't know how, but we need to, like, put that back into our tradition and into our faith in a way where it's, like, on par with the respect that they have. Because we do believe, like, we have the same Eucharist. Yeah. Although some people would disagree. But, like... It's like there is no difference than how we should act and how they're acting, you yeah. know. So yeah, a quick side note that we probably should have started with um, <laughs> the Orthodox, their orders and communion and sacraments and everything are completely valid, um, and so so everything they do is legit. Like it's the same deal as what you're getting here at the Catholic Church. Catholic Church says you can receive communion at the Orthodox Church. The Orthodox Church says you can't. Out of respect for them, we don't. Um, They don't have the same concept of validity that we do. Um, So, like, so, like, they don't, like, like, we call sacraments valid or not to make them sacraments or or good sacraments or whatever. Um, Yeah, to make them sacraments or not. Um, And they don't have that same concept, but... Um, for reference, if you were a Catholic to convert to the Orthodox faith, um, you just make a profession of faith because you've already received confirmation, which they call chrismation and baptism, um, and then admitted to communion directly from there. So, um, yeah, they, it's basically we agree on everything, but yeah, yeah, history. Uh, <laughs> people in charge anyways um so after we light our candles communion style as you say going up pew by pew or row by row um to light our candles what happens then um the god no No. the lights came on oh no no no! he went out there you go (laughs) i remember this part because i was like what is happening (laughs) okay for reference, like, I've been in the Catholic faith for all my life. Like, weird things are not weird to me, you know? Like, 
I'm pretty used to the shockers. This one, I was like, what is going on? Like, I looked at Chris and I was like, is this how it's supposed to be? <laughs> and, like, the amount of times I just, like, would look over at him and, like, he'd just be, like, staring. And I'm like, okay, I guess this is normal. <laughs> like, but it was really, it was interesting. So he went, he left the church and then him and, like, the altar boys and, mm-hmm. is it called a deacon in their church? It is, although they didn't have a deacon there. So I think the other guy was a subdeacon, question mark. Another guy who looked semi-important left the church and they shut the doors behind them. And I was like, oh, lit, we're done. It's been like an hour. Cool. <laughs> like, swag. No. Uh... <laughs> yeah, we were done before like communion or anything. I was like, I don't really know. I guess it's different during Easter. It was about <laughs> an hour in. So it was it about an hour fun. in. And um, I'm like, okay. And then they start banging on the door. <laughs> and then, well, no, no. First, this old guy comes up. And I was like, oh, no. Like, he's not okay. Like, we need to help him. No. He was a part of it. He knew what was going on. <laughs> and he asked, like, where is it? It was like, so, where is So they Christ? start reciting Psalm 22, 23, uh, depending on which version numbering of the Psalms you use. And I think I know Psalm 23. Yeah, so, well, it might be 22 or 24. It's somewhere in the early 20s. The fact of the matter is, the uh, the guy inside of the church is going, who is the king of glory? And the priest is responding, the Lord, the mighty, the valiant, the Lord, the valiant in war, and knocks wow, on knocking. the door. And then, and then as the psalm continues, it goes, who is the king of glory? And the Lord is the king of glory, the Lord, the mighty, the valiant. And so it's all this back and forth of of inside the church. It's dark. It's pitch black. Mm-hmm. Aside from us holding our lighted candles, which normally or outside behind the priest yeah. outside the church. So, so the really church dark. is, completely in fact, dark. completely dark. Um, so the church is dark and the priest is knocking on the door. Because um, Jesus is a gentleman. And, and so that represents Jesus knocking on the door of Hades to save the those who had oh, died before Jesus's time. Because remember, did. he Jesus... said no, but the the priest said, "Okay, y'all are going to Hades," and I was yeah. like, "Yeah." Emma was very <laughs> confused before before divine liturgy. Started. I was like, "He's condemning us to hell, and we just got here, Chris. Why are we doing, <laughs> Chris? Why did you bring?" Me? I was like, "Chris, there goes my soul. Like nineteen years of work done." I was yeah. just like, "So, uh, so yeah, we do that." Um, and, uh, so we're all in the church. They do the back and forth thing. Um, and yeah. And then they come in, lights, pew, they start swinging the chandeliers. And I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I'm like, this feels like a movie. I'm like, don't even know. And then the little altar boys stick thingies light up. And also the little altar boys were very cute in like a little baby way. Like they were like seven years old and he was yawning and I'm like I know it's past your bedtime but you are embodying what I'm feeling right now um anyways 10 out of 10 picking kids for that um anyways so they come in and it's like then they're screaming like Jesus Christ is risen right yeah so can you do it can you do it what he is risen Christ is risen yeah, 
Truly, he has risen. There you go. And then, Verdad is Verdad. <laughs> it was like, he said it in a bunch of different languages. So, so then he'll go like, Cristo Sinesti. Anisto Sinesti. I just made up whatever. I was like, this sounds... Close, close. It's Alito Sinesti. Oh, I was not saying that. I said something, and it was like, close. It looked like I knew what I was and, saying. And so he does it in all of the languages, and what's the funny part? He when would did like everybody add... Laugh? When he added the Spanish one? No. They laughed during the Spanish one. No, like he changed it every time. Yeah. So. Why were they laughing? Because they didn't know it. Though There were a few oh, that okay, yes. people didn't know, and everybody laughs because it's like, like the time say? the priest gets to go around and talk in like 50 different languages yeah. um, and say Christ is risen in different languages. Um, and the people have to know how to say truly he is risen in different languages. And um, it was rough. <laughs> some of us only know English. Others know English and Greek. Uh, others like Ruben know, know the Spanish. Um, <laughs> did you respond yes! when you did the Spanish one? I said, like the first time I said, es verdad. And like Ruben looked at me and was like, what? And then like three times later he goes, oh, I get it now. And I was like. Oh, but okay, this That's is awesome. yeah. But here's the the kicker: when I say a couple times later, <laughs> this man <laughs> did it like ten times. I thought he was like I was trying to think of like biblical numbers. I was like, oh, he's gonna do it. So basically, he would do like the whole like different languages. Go back, say like a prayer or no, something. So so. As he's doing this, so he goes and incenses the church, right, uh, and yells the thing throughout yeah. the thing. Meanwhile, the choir's going off doing a psalm. Yeah, they are doing again. a psalm at the same so time. So they do another, like, three, six psalms, something like that, yeah. after the candles are lit, which takes another hour. And um, and so so they're doing that. Meanwhile, the priest is yelling, and you're responding to the priest because he's doing the Christ is risen thing. He goes back up to the thing, and at the end of the psalm, he comes out. And he says, Christ is risen. And you say, truly, truly is, is risen. risen again. And then he does it again. And then and he so just keeps on going. I was like thinking of like biblical numbers. I was like, oh, he'll do it three times. Like three days, you know, three times. Then I'm like, we're at like five. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's doing it seven times. Like seven perfect number. And then we're like at like ten. Like how many times did he do it? I don't know how many times he did. When he's incensing the congregation, I have no, no clue. But once he like entered the steps up to the iconostasis he did it three times in the same language so like at the end of his incensing the congregations each time yeah he would do it three times okay oh you you mean how many no i meant how many times did he come out and in three times probably because there were three psalms it was just at the beginning of each psalm that he would come out no, it was not three. He came out. So he did it once, once at the beginning. He came out at each psalm, and then after we lit the candles, right? Yeah. Before the gospel. Yeah. Once at the beginning, each psalm, and no. then at the end of each psalm again. Okay. He'd come out, but he wouldn't incense the congregation again. He would just scream. Yeah. Christ is risen. But so it was like a ten times. It was a large number of times. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, Chris, I thought I got through the first part. I thought that was it. Here we are. And we haven't even heard the gospel. Because Chris did tell me that the only time we get to sit 
was during the homily, which happened right after the gospel. So this whole time I'm like listening up. I'm like, where's the gospel? Because that means I'm going to sit soon. Anyways, so we did this whole thing a couple times. Um, wait, and this is the one where we did the song, right? That's right. It's my favorite thing in the world right now. The Christ is risen from the dead, trampling down death by death, yeah. and upon those in the tomb restoring life. Or yeah, as we, they, we, or as they say, chantingly, we, we Christ is risen from the, the dead, dead, trampling down death by death, and upon those in the tomb restoring life. Christ is risen from the dead. So they do it three times, right? <laughs> everything's in such a three. So good at this. Like I was just like, put me in, coach. I am so ready to sing this. I knew it. Mm favorite part of the whole bit. Like, the first time they did it, I was like, oh, it's so fun. Like, I hope we do it again. Kept doing it. And then we did it. Like, probably 50 times throughout the whole list. Probably, yeah. And so I was just like, this is so great. Like, that honestly kept me awake for a little bit. Um, and then we heard the gospel. Well, there was a, uh, an epistle first. And you got to sit down. Like, for the first time in an oh, hour and 45 minutes. Oh, and that's minutes. the one that I had thought was the gospel. Maybe I don't know what you thought. They read something like it was a lady who read it, right? Uh huh. And then did they? And then what happened between that and the gospel? Nothing. We stood up for the gospel. Yeah, then the gospel happened. And there may then, have been another song or something. Yeah, I think there was another song probably. in between. And then we listened to the gospel, and then we sat down again, and it was time for the homily, which I was like, oh, you know what, dude, go off. Go tell us your testimony. Talk for like an hour, please. Man took like seven minutes. <laughs> man, man quoted John Man literally goes, homily. this is a homily from da-da-da-da and just read a paper. And I was like, no. Did you just da-da-da-da John Chrysostom, <laughs> one of the greatest Eastern saints of the church? Is that like the equivalence of like da-da-da-da-ing like Peter or something? No, it's like da-da-da-da-ing Augustine. Oh, <laughs> Might be. <laughs> Arguably, Christosom's even more important than Augustine, but that's a conversation for another day. Anywho, so uh, gospel homily. What happens after the homily? After the homily, we did like petitions. They were like pray for us things. Yeah, well, except but, we sang it. And what did we say instead of pray for us? We said this phrase probably was, a thousand times. Bro, I know. Um, it reminded me of like what we used to say. Pre-Vatican II. What do we do before the Gloria at Mass? The Kyrie? Yeah. What's the Kyrie in English? Oh, Christ have mercy. Is that what we did? No. Lord have mercy. There you go. Yep. (laughs) Yes, we did that. And so every petition, we would say it. But then, again, doing it once in this church is not okay. We have to do it a bunch (laughs) of times. Because who knows if Jesus is listening? You know, we got to do it a bunch of times. So we did that, like, 50 times and went through the whole spiel. How many times did you do the sign of the cross? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fun fact. They do the sign of the cross backwards. I did it backwards one time, and then I was just like, no, I can't. If I train myself, I'm going to go into Catholic Church and be doing this. People are going to be like, heresy, and then I'm going to get kicked out. So I just did the normal one. Um, Also, I couldn't tell who to listen to with the crossing because the guy in front of us was doing it at a different time. Ruben was doing it at a different time, and Chris was doing it at a different time. 
So I just kind of went with, like, in the middle. Every time you did it, I yeah, for sure did it. Okay. If Ruben did it, I'd do, like, 50 of If you the weren't time. to look at me or Ruben and look at everybody else at the church, everybody was also doing it at different times. <laughs> I, I was just like... <laughs> so lots of... It's at every invocation of the Trinity. That's what I thought. So just every time I started hearing God, I started doing it. Because I figured it was, like, the equivalent <laughs> of, like, when the... When you say Jesus Christ during Catholic Mass, yeah. we bow. That's kind of like what it's, I... It's the basic... It's equipment. kind of what I yeah. picked up on. So, like, I started doing that. Um, also, really hard to focus <laughs> because at this point, you're still holding fire. This was when I accidentally almost dropped it and you had to relight it because it went out. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Yeah. Yes, I, remember. I almost burnt down the Orthodox Church. She didn't. I, I wasn't even close. But <laughs> um, at this point, my back also starts hurting. My sciatica is killing me. So I start carrying myself with my arms on the pew. Could you tell I was doing that? I was like holding myself with my arms and like going limp in my legs. <laughs> there was, it, it, was a, it was a thing. Um, and then kind of following that, like we do in the Catholic Church, started the Eucharistic prayer. Right? Yeah. But what do they call the Eucharistic prayer? The divine liturgy. No. The super you aren't secret gonna get this blessing one. of the um, bread. <laughs> you, you know in like English class, there's like the different like uh, things that you do, you know. Like, wow. Like. I know exactly uh, what you're talking repetition about. Repetition or like, you know. Uh, alliteration yeah and, yeah so so it's like one of those terms it, it there's a term for it um you know or or uh, paradox nope <laughs> uh, this isn't helpful at all no uh, it's called the anaphora um you may have heard it in english class called uh what did they call it in english class it's spelled the same way Anaphora. Oh, Anna, 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 Anamonopia? No. <laughs> uh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, but it's called the Anaphora. Same thing, more precise term, basically. Yeah. So Eucharistic that, prayer. So that happens. Um, they all go back in the little room. We're standing still, by the way. We're paid to kneel at this point, but here we are standing. Um, <laughs> And so we're standing and they're doing the Eucharistic prayer, except you. So we had like the book and I was kind of like. Yeah, I brought the book out for the Eucharistic prayer. Which was actually good um, because it gave me hope. Um, We were on page 50 and it ended at 69. So I was like. We got this. It 20 ended pages. at 71, but that's okay. I think you just wanted to say 69 on the podcast. I definitely did it. I definitely thought it was. No. Nope. <laughs> that's rough. Anyways, um, so we're reading it, and a lot of like what you would hear, like how the priest says it aloud to us, the priest says in private there. Yeah. Um, and if you look at it, the words are the same. No, I did notice that. The words, the, the Eucharist, which is why I'm guessing their Eucharist is valid because we're using the same words. Yeah, it, the words aren't exactly the same. They're we, quite so, similar. So in the Divine Liturgy, we went to uh, the Greek Orthodox churches, usually, except for like 12 times a year, use, maybe less, use the anaphora of St. John Chrysostom, um, whereas... Uh, the other few times they used the anaphora of St. Basil. That's what we um, did. Basil. No, we didn't. Oh. We did the St. John Chrysostom one. Uh, 
In the Catholic Church, we uh, use an early anaphora um, from, I forget off the top of my head, Eucharistic Prayer 2 is similar to Hippolytus, but not really. If um, anyone understands what he's saying right now, just I'll different saints in anaphoras. <laughs> and, um, and so if we were to go to the Maronite Church, uh, which we should do. That could be a fun next episode. We could t- that could be something we could talk about. Um, they sometimes do the anaphora of Saint John Chrysostom, but it's all done out loud. Yeah, and they're Catholic. Um, also, all the Byzantine Catholic Church do the anaphora of Saint John Chrysostom. So we're just time. quirky, and usually it's it's the same as it was in the Orthodox Church and silent. Also, pre-Vatican II. It was done silently. The Eucharistic prayer was silent. Um, so, lots of ties. Post-Vatican II game. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it was a lot of it was quiet, and then like at the same time they're singing um, and chanting, chanting, and we have responses back. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, that was really cool. Um, and then the part that woke me up. My favorite part of the entire liturgy, mm-hmm. communion time. He took out the little bowl, and I was like, oh, I'm so ready to see this. Um, because they do the flick thing. They, they do the spoon. <laughs> they do the spoon. Um, so that was actually pretty cool to see. But kind of like how we had talked about earlier, they like only half of the people there probably got communion. Um, and so the way they do it is... The body and the blood are mixed together into a mush. Um, did you know this before I told you? No. Or did you think that what I think Ryan thought, that the bread off to the side was the body of Christ? Did you think that? Okay. See, I knew. <laughs> okay, here's... but did you think that? Yeah. Okay. Um, because here's the thing. I knew... Almost every Catholic I know thinks that on their first time. No. And I... I... Saw like I knew because of our podcast that it was the mush in the in the bowl mm-hmm. in the chalice whatever the mush the mush in the, the mush the of holy Christ. mush. Um, <laughs> I'm like trying to be as reverent as I can, but there's no other word word to describe. The body of Christ soaked in the blood of Christ in the chalice, which is given into your mouth via spoon flick. Um, Future Chris, edit out what I said and just input yours in my book. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so they did that. And then off to the side, the MVPs of the whole liturgy, the cute little altar boys, they're like seven years old and they're really tired and it's like 1 a.m. and you can just see them yawn, are holding these like golden bowls of bread. Um, And it's not like a small bowl either. It's like a fat bowl. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Like P.H. Fat. Um, and I was like, I know that the Eucharist is in the mush. The insert what Chris said earlier. Um, <laughs> but why are they taking the bread? And then Reuben somehow knew someone. Reuben is one of the people that we went to the liturgy with. Knew someone who was there. And we were like, only Reuben would randomly know someone at this liturgy at 1 a.m. Um, and she brought over a piece of bread. And that was kind of when I realized, I was like, oh, it's definitely, like, not the actual Eucharist. That's just a little snack afterwards. <laughs> um, and so, yeah. And then after that, after communion, um, then it's time for, like, the dismissal rite. 
I don't know. How, sure. Yeah. That's great. That sounded pretty nice. Um, lots of singing. We did a little bit of and that was really fun again. Um, and then the end. Mm-hmm. And we finished it. Oh, question. Yeah. Circling back. During communion, mm-hmm. did you see the guy off to the left, like the little older server boy off to the left, mm-hmm. who he was like a little bit older than the small mm-hmm. one who was yawning? Did you see him like grabbing stuff? Yeah, I think there was like a fly or a gnat or something that he was trying to get rid okay, of. Okay, see, I thought he was like grabbing spirits. That's what I thought was weird. I yeah, thought I he was like had a gift or something. No. I was like, so it was just a fly. I think so. <laughs> Never mind. Because I saw him talking to one of his friends afterwards. Okay. <laughs> in the middle of it. So. Okay. Cool. Um. Anyways, so all that happened, and then we had the dismissal, and very similar to like a Catholic church, you know. They don't have instruments there. That's something that's different. Mm-hmm. Um. But. So what happened at the end? We got blessed, but then they blessed eggs and bread. Uh-huh. Is that what you're alluding to? Yeah. Okay. Um. And these eggs are not normal eggs. They're dyed eggs, which I quickly found out by my hand. <laughs> um, he hands me, like, I come up, and he's like, have you been here before? And, like, he asked us all this. He was like, like, have you been here before? And I was like, oh, no. He was like, well, welcome. Um, and then he gave me my red egg, um, and it stained my hand. But what is the, like, is that, like, like, what is the symbolism behind that? It's- it's an Easter egg. Oh, okay. It's Easter, and it's an egg, Emma. Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> you know those moments where you just feel really dumb. See, that's like, not even a. Like, see, normally that would be like a blooper thing, but like that was a genuine question, and like that just. Oh my god. <laughs> I never want to relive this moment ever again. Um, Chris, please cut that out. (laughs) Um, Anyways, we got our eggs. Uh, Then we sat in the foyer for a little bit. And then... Stood. You didn't didn't get a sit down. Yeah, I didn't get a sit. Don't worry. At this point, my feet are bleeding. Um, Okay, I offered it up. I united my suffering to Christ. It's fine. Um, Anyways, so we went... And then we went downstairs, and I have, like kind of like their parish hall style stuff and there was food and we ate food chris made me try a little bit of his weird thing they had raw kid be okay so i'm 25 percent lebanese we like <laughs> middle eastern food um Gyros they had gyros. raw kid be earlier this emma called gyros gyros and <laughs> wow anyways um raw kid be Good stuff. It's raw lamb. It's fantastic. And I had a whole bunch of it. And I'm great. And Emma thought that I was going to die. I took, like, think about the, like, smallest microscopic bite of food that you could do. Like, literally, like, not even on, like, the front part of a spoon. I used the back part of my spoon. And, like, well, that's because you used the front part of your spoon. Otherwise, you probably would have used No, I wouldn't know because I did not want that much. <laughs> and, like, I got the tiniest bit. Didn't taste bad. But I was just, like, mm, cold meat? No. Like, that's just not it. But I did have really good um, pita bread. It was, like, sweet um, and cake and 
sweet mush. I don't know what. What do, what do you do with your egg when we got downstairs? Oh, oh, oh! We had an egg content game. I don't really know what you want to call it. Basically, you take the two. They're hard boiled eggs, and you take like the tip of your egg and the tip of someone else's egg, and you like hit them on each other. And if yours breaks, then you lost. And then you flip it and you do the other side. Except my egg was pretty good. First two, I think I held up, and then after that, I lost. Um, and then I ate just a little bit of it because we were supposed to eat it because it was blessed. So I took a little bite of it and then threw it away. Emma doesn't like hard-boiled eggs. I don't not like them, but it no, was just like... you didn't like No, I like... I have to be like in the mood, but here's the other thing. I'm not like, a big hard-boiled egg guy either. Like, I eat them in salads. I'll eat them like if I need protein and like I have eggs I need to use or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but like this one was red. <laughs> I don't want to eat it. Anyway, so, so summary of your time. There. Summary of my time. Um, three hour divine liturgy. Yeah. Period. <laughs> um, it was really good. I, unfortunately, Chris did advise us to sleep the previous night. I did not. Like, for like four or five days leading up to this, I had not slept more than five hours a night. So I was delusional. Um, but it was a super cool experience. I suggest everyone go. I love trying new churches. And this was definitely like one that I'm really glad I experienced. Um, I think if I were to go back now, I would be better prepared. It's kind of like when you go. Also, you wouldn't go back on task. You'd go back on a normal Sunday and it'd be like an hour and a half. But I would go back on. I would go on Pascha and then like make it to where I could stay after. Yeah. Um, Because I had to leave early. You would actually get sleep. Like, you didn't do this time. Um, But. But it was really cool. Um, But I think, like, kind of the only way I can, like, explain it is, like, when you go for a run and you don't know how far you're going and you're just like, oh, maybe I'm halfway. And then, like, you're not. (laughs) And so then, like, the rest of it is just kind of hard. That's what it's like. So I feel like if I knew, like, it was going to be a 10-mile run, I would have been like, okay, let's do it. Um, But anyways, really cool experience. Really cool to see how, like, everything is just, like, slightly different but all the same. Like, really, really cool. Um, And, yeah, there are brothers and sisters in Christ, and so it was cool to celebrate something that's important to both of us in the way that they do. So I would suggest everyone go to... So, so the funniest comment of the night goes to Emma when uh, I, say, I literally don't even remember what when when communion was about to start and like four people walk up and what did you say to me? Oh, I said I think you said are they communion ministers? Yeah. That's what oh, you said. <laughs> oh, I did ask him that, and I literally knew because of this podcast that they wouldn't have communion ministers. Yeah. That was funny. It made me laugh. Uh, yeah. Also, Emma was really excited when all the lights turned on. Was I? Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I was like half there. <laughs> At that point, we were like an hour and a half in. I was like, yeah. But, oh, and I got this bejeebie scared out of me on the last one. Literally, like, jumped. Like, <laughs> because he, like, on the, he, like out, while he was walking out, he, like, screamed out, like, Jesus is risen! Christ is risen. Christ is risen! And then you're supposed to say, like, truly is risen. But, like, I thought we were, like, done, so I was just kind of, like, relaxing again. And then he yelled it, and I was like, ah! Um, But it was really fun. 
Yeah. 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 Great experience. Um, bring snacks. Just joking. Don't bring snacks. Uh, <laughs> uh, what else? What else? Questions. Oh, yeah. the, the when we walked in, there was basil and flower petals on our feet. Uh-huh. Or I think they were bay leaves, not basil. Uh, they were bay leaves good. because yeah. I've cooked. My mom cooks with those. Um, nice. What's the symbolism? Do you I know? Have no idea. No. Nope. Uh, just leafy chairs, bro. I I didn't notice them when I went to Pasca last year, so I have no clue if either A, I didn't notice them last year, or if it's a tradition thing, or if like... <laughs> they were just... I don't know. That's something to do more research on. Um, yeah. I'm sure it has some sort... Everything there has some sort of symbolism. Oh, we didn't explain why they wouldn't have rescheduled it. Oh. Well, why do you think? Because they literally only have one. Yeah. So yeah. if you... Emma didn't know this until we yeah, were in I the car like, going there. Yeah, I was like, just go to Mass the next day, or Divine Liturgy the next day. And he was like, Emma, there's like only one Pascha. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Uh, there's only one Divine Liturgy. Divine time. Liturgy in general. So like... So you got to get there. Yeah, so their whole idea is... Um, I wrote my capstone on this. So uh, their whole idea is the whole community is gathered in the same time at the same place. Yeah. So it wouldn't... It wouldn't make sense to divide the community up and celebrate in different places or at different times. Um, it makes the most sense for the whole community to be, the whole community to be present because the community is what makes up the church, and there is no church without the whole community there. And so um, that is why they only have one divine liturgy um, is because. The community is the community, and the community is the church, and the church is important. So, yeah. Other question? Um, I mean, I feel like we kind of talked through a lot of the questions that I had. Um, cool similarities? Cool similarities all over the place. Yeah. Were, were you, like, asking me to, like, say stuff? I mean, if you want to, <laughs> but, but seriously, they are literally everywhere within the literature. No, it so, was very cool. I mean, cool. You, you go, if you're a Catholic, which I assume most of you are, because that's kind of what our podcast is. Um, hey, I have some people who listen who okay. are. Okay, well, they've probably at least been to a Catholic Mass, and yeah. if they haven't, they should. Um, <laughs> but, but my point is to the Catholics, go to a Divine Liturgy any Sunday. It technically fulfills your Sunday obligation. Although, although don't tell your bishop I said that. Um <laughs> Uh, it technically does uh, in extreme circumstances. Uh, you can also go to Mass later Sunday night or Saturday night if you end up going on Saturday, uh, on Sunday morning to Divine Liturgy, um, which I recommend. Go one Sunday. It doesn't have to be Pascha at 10 p.m. Saturday night. It can be the regular 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock or 10.30 or 9 o'clock or whenever they have their <laughs> Divine Liturgy at. Um Look up their time, go to it, um, celebrate with them. Don't receive communion out of respect for their rules, but realize Christ is present there. Um, and try to participate fully. Uh, every Orthodox church I've been to is so welcoming. Every Eastern Catholic church I've been to is so welcoming. Um, and go to one of those two, experience that, um, follow along if they have something for you to follow along with. Almost all of them have like a coffee donut hour afterward. Um, and so go to that. 
afterward, meet people, talk to people. Uh, so yeah, go to an Orthodox or Eastern Catholic church, please. Um, because uh, in in the words of John Paul II, the church has two lungs and the Roman rites just one of those two lungs that the church breathes with. Um, and so the East is the whole other half of the lawn. Um, so uh, the whole other lawn. So go there, experience it, worship with them. Uh, I'd say try for once a year. Pascha is the best time because it's their Easter. Um, and so what better way to celebrate in the resurrection than celebrating with them uh, in the resurrection. Um, so I think that's just generally a good thing to do. <laughs> and that's what you should be doing. Emma has her joke ready. Let's hear it. I don't know if this is funny, but it. I laughed. Okay. What's the difference between Orthodox, Catholic, and Anglican weddings? Uh, Anglican weddings uh, no, don't count. You're not going to guess it. Anglican in Orthodox weddings, weddings the mother-in-law is pregnant. In Catholic weddings, the bride is pregnant. In Protestant weddings, the priestess is pregnant. <laughs> yep, that sounds about right. Hey, if you haven't heard, you get a six-month loophole. So <laughs> This is true. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, anyways, uh, that's, yeah. <laughs> we talked about that on the marriage podcast. <laughs> So, go listen to the rest of our podcast. Um, I'll summarize today's episode. On today's episode, we summarize the um, once-in-a-lifetime experience of going to a three-hour divine liturgy. Um, also known as once-a-year. <laughs> once-in-a-lifetime. Um, <laughs> and, you know what? We suggest that you go and do it. Go explore churches around you. It's super cool. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. So, go show it. And we hope that you are having a great day. Um... And that's all for returning to tradition. Over and out. Bloopers. <laughs> Can we get me new? Do it, I guess. Should we do the word thing then? Do you want to? We can do it again next week too. Okay, we'll do it both. Okay. It's gonna go so fast. Okay. One, two. Context before the podcast, we do this thing where we try to do the word thing. We just say a we word and we try to do the thing. same word, and we just said the same word on try number one. It has <laughs> taken like probably 10 minutes before the one where we yeah, ended on that, Lightning McQueen. The first one we did took, it took for, last time, it was pretty good. This time, that was impressive. That was pretty dang good, anyways. Sick. Um, people are gonna hear us screaming and hearing things like happened. they never come. It's a really good time. Bro! What? You get your outcome grade back? I did so good! Okay, for preference, okay. Emma thought she got 10. This is without the curve, I think. Without the curve? This is without the curve. Is this a joke? Did you get like a 55? I got a 64! No way, without the curve. No, because we haven't done the curve yet. How is that without the curve? There's no way you I and don't... Sarah both thought you guys did that bad. Wait. I'm... I refuse to believe this. No, because we haven't had the curve assignment.
I I can't believe that the lowest grade in the class was a 60 when... No, the lowest grade was a 58. A 60. Uh, Oh. It is, in fact, with the curve. (laughs) Okay, back to the podcast. We can talk about this at Chipotle. Okay, we're going to go to Chipotle. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's how we end it. Um, No, I have to tell a joke. Do you? Is there anything? You keep talking and I'll find a joke. Um, yeah. So. Um. 